it is time for a podcast you cannot refuse. And I say that because I'm sitting here with the self-proclaimed podfather himself, Alec Rout. He's back, ready to go. Dustin will join us a little later. Sounds like he had a rough football practice, so he will be here at some point. I don't know when. Uh, good show today. I'm excited for it. We're going to talk about the new the New England game that was uber stressful. Uh, we're going to talk about the little trip across the pond to London. And then we got a top five list segment that I'm very excited for as well. If you want more content like that or want to follow more of us, subscribe on YouTube. You know what would really help? Go on your Apple and Spotify, subscribe, of course, rate us, review us. We could use the feedback and rating and reviewing bumps up our viewership, so that also helps. So make sure you are doing that as a giant thank you, or giant thing for us, so thank you if you do that. Um, Follow us on all the socials. Uh, Yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, I guess we'll start with news and notes. News and notes from the league. All right, so I want to start because we did not record. We recorded last Wednesday, so we have not talked about this, and I haven't talked to you about this either, or Dustin for that matter. We should. We got to talk about the Tua thing. Uh, I, I look, my girlfriend. I love her to death. She walked into the room as Tua was on the ground, and his fingers were. It was awful to watch. She turned the corner and said. Why does anyone play football? And it's a great question because I just it was horrific. I want to I I could get on a soapbox about this, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's it's a terrible reality of the sport and hopefully as we as we continue to evolve and equipment gets better and maybe those guardians are are started to be built into the helmets and not make them look so much like doofuses. Um, hopefully, you know, those kinds of things can can help to slow down the, the injuries. Um, there's also a lot to be said about how Astra or about how turf can actually increase concussions, among other injuries. But because turf doesn't have as much natural give as what grass does, um, when a head bangs on the turf, it's more likely to to give a concussion than if it were on natural grass. So I think that continuing to progress the protective equipment and figuring out ways to get grass fields implemented across the league, even in domes and such, um, I think that doing that will eliminate some of the risk. But I also think that some of that risk will always be there. And unfortunately, it is, you know, part of what, a lot of people are drawn to not the injuries themselves, but the violent nature of the game. People love to see people ram into each other like that. Uh, they, they, they love to see the big hits. You can go on YouTube right now and look up big hit compilation videos and you'll see, you know, uh, a 15 minute long video of just concussion after concussion after concussion. And that video will have millions of views and hundreds of thousands of likes. And, you know, so it's it is sad it's a sad reality i hope that in the future we'll be able to evolve past you know risks like that and i think that the dolphins made a a good step towards that by firing the independent neurologist that that approved to his ability to play in that game um i would pass the mic over to dustin however dustin is not here today he's not here because he was trying to catch up on jackson mahomes tiktok uh, he, he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't been up to date lately. So he wanted to quick scan through that. He said it might take him about a half hour. So go ahead. Yeah, Alex. He'll, he'll be here at some point. Uh, so this is where in the moment as some, I, I don't know your concussion history in my lifetime, I've had five or six, none of them were that severe, but the last one I was in a softball tournament ball took a bad hop and it hit me like right in the temple and i mean look any of us probably have had a number of concussions that we don't even know it uh the last one scared me quite a bit uh doctor said if it was over like an inch it could have killed me 
which it's just crazy to think. And then you see Tua. We all saw it last Sunday. Now, granted, me playing in a local softball tournament versus Tua, I want to make sure. I mean, we're this is apples and oranges. But clearly, Sunday, he stood up, collapsed, needed help to get back to the huddle. They pull him, and they're like, you know what? No, you're good. And the reports are he passed all the uh, concussion tests. He sure as hell didn't pass the eye test. It's just right. – it was something – it was the first time in my lifetime where I felt disgusted by football because it's never really anything – you're right. This is the gladiator sport. The Romans would kill each other in the ring. Football, you can make an argument. People that play football typically die younger. And it just – there's all these terrible, terrible things. And it's – it's really it was tough for me to digest watching because it's like oh someone gets a concussion and we just kind of okay whatever they'll go to the blue tent oh darn like Adrian Amos for example kind of got up but he was pretty stable but you could tell something was wrong I thought it was a shoulder injury but he got up went to the tent and out for the game okay that that sucks but then you remember when you see something like the Tua hit and it's just absolutely horrifying and the reason I brought up my girlfriend earlier for her to say oh my god why would anyone want to play football. That's from somebody that doesn't watch and doesn't care. She's just like, yeah, my kids will never play football. And if you watch that, if you're just a casual viewer, you have to be thinking the same thing. Now, the NFL, to their credit, when stuff like this happens, they typically fix it. It might take a while and it may take a lot of public pressure, but they typically change things. But it was absolutely horrifying. And I'm glad he's home. And it sounds like he was on the plane and was okay. And, they watched MacGruber, which is a weird detail to throw in there. Also, who picked the movie? I love MacGruber. Just an odd film to watch on a flight. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it just – that was the one thing. I probably got hung up that on more than I should have. But that's where we are. But anyway, yeah, it's just – it was tough to watch. And we'll see. I, there, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a tool rule coming. I saw something on Twitter. I don't know if it was fake or real. But basically, if someone stands up and they are not – deemed stable they're out of the game for the rest of the game no matter what so it seems there are changes on the horizon there's an investigation but yeah it's i think it was important to at least touch on that since we recorded last wednesday that also happened um but yeah it sounds like things are gonna get changed it sounds like he's doing okay um let that was really the only thing well we should touch on this first so, I don't know if you saw this or not. Aaron Rodgers went on Pac McAfee's show yesterday, as he always does every Tuesday. And there was a weird – well, it's not necessarily weird. If you want the backstory, he was asked a question about Odell Beckham Jr. because Odell Beckham Jr. was watching the game Sunday and basically said Aaron Rodgers is fire emoji. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But, obviously, there's a little smoke there. There was smoke last fall winter, fall, right around Thanksgiving that he was going to sign. He ended up signing with the Rams. But now Aaron Rodgers, he didn't come out and start recruiting, but he was damn close to it. So just the Podfather's thoughts on yet another go-round of OBJ rumors. Listen, Alex, I am ready to get hurt again. Um, I know he's not going to sign with us. There's not a chance. You know, nope. this, this happens every season it seems like where yep. a big name free agent comes out and says i'd love to play with aaron Rodgers, the packers that'd be a great organization da, 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 da. and then lo and behold they're using us as leverage so they can sign with somebody else yep mark my words he's going to be a buffalo bill he's going to the bills that, that, that is where he'll end up yep yeah. no i i'm right there with you if it and i guess this kind of well, i don't want to step on my game analysis uh, when we get there in the next segment, but yeah, I, I mean, well, in the other, who wouldn't want to play with Odo Beckham? But the question is, is he going to be healthy? He's not going to be back for at least another month, month and a half. And if you bring him into Green Bay, they could use him certainly, and we could talk about that in a little bit. But I just don't under. He's going to have his pick of the litter. He's got a coming off what his like fourth knee surgery in the last five years. Major knee surgery. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know fit wise how that would work. Obviously, it sounds dumb, but I mean Randall Cobb has got more. And I'm not saying oh hello Baxter, 
Let's just close that door while I'm in the middle of talking. Uh, that's my dog, for those that don't know. Uh, and I totally lost my thought. Thanks, Baxter. Uh, no, I just fit-wise, I know to say, well, why wouldn't you just ditch Randall Cobb for Odell Beckham Jr.? I just, at this point, is there that much of a difference? Because it's going to take him a while to acclimate. And what I would say to that is I, I think that he would be able to acclimate pretty quickly just because of how our offense looks this year. Um, you know, we, we're, we're, it, it seems like we are utilizing the short passes, the quick hitting throws behind the line of scrimmage a lot more recently. And to be honest, I mean, yes, Odell can stretch the field. Yes, he can go up and get – you know, fades and things like that, but he's strongest in the slant game. He's yep. strongest in quick hitting passes. So I think he'd be a great fit. I think that he'd get acclimated pretty quickly. His health is what concerns me, especially with that being his strength. You know, the 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 run after catch kind of plays, he's going to be taking a lot of hits. You know what I mean? So no matter what, I do think he'd be a great fit, but I also... I, I am very concerned about his health. Maybe maybe if we could bring him in, you know, week week sixteen or seventeen, and then have him along for the ride to the playoffs. I mean, it could be a possibility because I do think that he could get get accustomed to the system and you know as little as two weeks. But yeah. I don't know. I that that's where I'm at on it. Well, and. I- Look, I, obviously, I would love. They need weapons at this point. I think, and again, we'll get to that in a minute. They need weapons at this point, reliable ones. Obviously, we know he's capable. He was going to be the Super Bowl MVP before he got hurt. I mean, he was dominating that game, but he signed in November. It took him until February to start looking like himself again. It took him a long time. So I just. Look, we got to acknowledge them because they're not going away. They'll probably come back, especially once he's cleared to go and you see the YouTube videos and Instagram and TikTok and you see him running all these routes and it's like, oh, no, Beckham looks pretty good. They're not going away anytime soon. Green Bay has an obvious need there. It's just, it's natural. It's a natural fit. So they're just going to be here. But I'm Team Odell Beckham. If you can bring in a weapon, granted 75% of him is probably better than – their fifth option right now. I don't even know who their fifth option would be because right now they got five du- or four dudes and that's about it. Um, but I guess I'll play the imaging and we'll just get into it because there's a lot to say about what we witnessed this last Sunday. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ripped. All right, so the aforementioned game, Green Bay wins a very stressful game in overtime against New England at home. Green Bay wins on a walk-off field goal by Mason Crosby. Uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll say it. I texted our group chat or our podcast chat. I thought it was over. They got first of all, that game should have never went to overtime. There was a delay a game that shouldn't have been a touchdown, but fine, whatever. You know what? There's three or four plays like that every NFL game. Whatever. You still can't just stop. Everyone just stopped. And therefore, Devontae Parker wide open for a touchdown. Okay, fine. But I texted the group chat. They punt, They punted in overtime. So I'm thinking, okay, well, now all New England needs is a field goal. So that's trouble. Mm-hmm. And then they got a big punt return. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. And I said I said it out loud to myself, and I texted the chat. The Packers just lost to Bailey Zappi at home. Now, Green Bay finally decided at the very end to load the box because Bailey Zappi was not gonna, not capable of beating them. It's just, I got a lot to say, but I'll let you start. I'll let you navigate, start the conversation because I got a lot of thoughts. They're all coming up. I'm just vomiting takes at this point. <laughs> all right. So, number one, the Packer offense looked terrible in the first half, but credit to Lafleur in uh, in a fashion that, that kind of disputes my argument last week about how we can't adjust ever. We came out in the second half, and Rodgers looked great. The offense was humming. I saw a lot of passion out of Rodgers. Two f bombs dropped. Did you see both of them? You know, there, well, there was that hurt. It was like yeah. Romo tried to play it off, but <laughs> yeah, the, we all heard it. There was another one where Degora 
was uh, he motioned to the wrong side of the line, and Rodgers, yeah. you could audibly hear him say, get your over there. And that that was pretty awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, so, the, you know, their their offense really picked up in the second half, and I credit that to LeFleur finally being able to adjust his game plan. Um, I do think that, you know, if Romeo Dobbs – I think that if this is week 10, Dobbs catches that touchdown in the end zone, puts us at 34. And I also think that, like you said, that delay of game would have wiped away that touchdown. Realistically, we're looking at a 34-17 game. That's not what happened, though, right? So that's not how we can play. We can't play the what-if game. But on that note, I think the offense looked pretty good against a Bill Belichick defense that's always going to give you trouble. The defense only let up 24, which isn't great, especially well, considering that you're... Rodgers gave up that yeah. touch, the pick six. Yeah, that's true. The only defense did only let up 17, and seven of that was on that delay of game. But I digress. Either way, 17 points against a backup quarter or third-string quarterback, you don't really expect that. And I don't put that on our defense. I put that on Joe Barry. I, I am not... I'm not I'm not very I'm not all in on Joe Barry. I think that he has a lot of flaws. I think that he uh I think that he abandoned his game plan I, that that was working so well. We were getting sacks, we were getting loads of pressure. Um we were forcing bad throws and then as soon as as soon as they begin being more pass heavy and more aggressive, we drop back into more soft coverages to just try and avoid touchdowns. That doesn't work, especially with the studs that we have. We have aggressive players. They need to be flying to the ball. So all in all, I think it could have been a lot worse. I think that people are are freaking out about this game. Oh, it was a third-string quarterback. We went to overtime. Okay, how about we scored 27 points on a Bill Belichick defense? We could have had another touchdown there if Dobbs was a little bit more seasoned. You know, I – yeah, a lot of people are going to be a lot more upset with this, but I take it as an okay win. I'm not, I'm not super happy. I'm not disappointed. Very even keeled win. You know, it's every. I agree with everything you said. They've won three in a row after that Minnesota game. I mean, but the problem is, is they're not wow wins. The Bears, whatever they, when Green Bay wanted to stop the run, they did. There was one drive that they clearly. We were like, ah, oh, whatever, and they gave up, you know, 80 yards rushing or whatever it was, 100 yards rushing on that one drive, so it looks a lot worse. The Tampa game, they come out like gamebusters, fumble twice, and after that, it was kind of that was kind of it. This game, I'm with you. The first half, look, I know he's a Hall of Famer. I appreciate everything he's done for this team, in community, and all that fun stuff. Blah blah blah. But Aaron Rodgers looked horrendous. Now. He's gotten off to slow starts historically for the last, I don't know, six, seven years. That's not uncommon. Like, we're, I'm fine with that. But the out route, it was late and it was inside. The two things everybody knows, including him, that ball can't be there. And a rookie then picks it and takes it to the house. It's just, he hasn't looked like himself. And I know he's still trying to work to trust these rookies, but obviously he trusts Dobbs because Dobbs was, once again, leading target getter, leading catch getter, and he leads the team in targets for the season. And I believe I saw a stat online. He's in pace or on pace to basically double and triple the numbers of, like, say, Jordy Nelson in his rookie year or Cobb in his rookie year or Adams in his rookie year. He's, he's going to crush all those numbers. But between Rodgers playing bad, the Packers have fumbled in every game so far. Romeo Dobbs needs – look, I think he's talented. I really – he reminds me of – no, granted, I wasn't around for Robert Brooks, but I get a lot of Robert Brooks vibes from him. Uh, I, you know, I'm not saying Pro Bowl or anything, but really, really good. But anytime someone swipes the ball, it comes out. He had a play – it was just a little, uh, little bubble screen, if you even want to call it that. Rodgers basically just turned and threw it to him. And he picked up eight yards, but the corner swiped the ball, and he almost dropped, put it on the ground again. And he fumbled last week, and he fumbled this week. I just, 
he's got to get strong with the ball. Because even that catch in, at the end of the game, that wasn't a catch, but whatever. No one really knows what the catch is in football anymore, I guess. He had it. Got to complete the catch. He, like, fell on his face, and his arm got stuck in the ground. Well, then the ball popped out. It's just there's little stuff I know he'll learn. For instance, instead of landing right on your face, just turn your body a little bit and cradle the ball, and it's fine. And obviously a lot easier said than done, but it's just little things. He's a rookie. All rookies generally suck. We're pretty lucky because Dobbs is pretty darn good. Christian Watson flashed in this game a little bit. They're mm-hmm. finding ways to get him the ball, and he's quick. He's explosive. Cool. The The receiver part of it, well, we got a little work to do yet. His routes and his tracking the ball and stuff worry me a little bit. But, again, some of that's on Aaron Rodgers too. So that offensively, you can see flashes. While it wasn't always pretty and very annoying to watch at times, you can see it. And I think as long as the arrow's going up, I'm okay there. I do want to touch on something you said defensively. Why are they scared of Bailey Zappi? He, there's no shot he got any reps that past week. But you were so right. They were playing soft. It was crazy. They're just like, okay, we'll just hand the ball off. That's all they can do. I don't – that was the game plan. Ramondre and Damian Harris both. That's it. They barely have NFL skill weapons. They got Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and then what? And so those are their two main weapons, right? The guy who's throwing the ball was a third-string quarterback last week. Like It just – it blows my mind that they were playing so soft. And then, lo and behold, oh, hey, overtime in the last drive? Let's load the box. Make Zappy beat us. Oh, wow, it worked. It's just <laughs> – I get it. They have – and LaFleur keeps saying it. Well, it's not necessarily the game plan. It's guys not getting off blocks and stuff. And, okay, fine. I watched, like, the little YouTube highlight thing after the game. He's right. There are a couple things. Devondre Campbell wasn't getting off blocks that last year he would have. It's just, I get it. And the execution's not quite there yet. Fine. It's just, the defense leaves. I think the part of the reason is the defense is actually playing decently. I think just the expectations were ratcheted up to such a level where I don't think they can get there. They're just not there right now. And I think people are mad because, look, and some of it is on Joe Barry. I don't like some of the play calling. I know nothing about defense. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's third and two, and they're playing off coverage. No, go press the guy. They have to get two yards. If you press him, there's a better chance that the play's going to die. It's just not only that. I mean, we it seems that we refuse to play man coverage. Yes. It seems like he will not do man coverage. It's 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 terrifying because we have some of the best secondary. Uh, I mean, our top three corners and top two safeties, you won't find a secondary with more talent between yep. those five guys than we have. We also have probably the best coverage linebacker in Devondre Campbell in yep. the league. I mean, that's six coverage me- coverage. Guys, that if we were to go one on one, our guy versus your guy, we're probably winning that battle. We need to start running some more man coverage. Yeah, and they they keep arguing. Well, we're a zone team. We're built to play zone. Fine, but can you mix up your looks and be a little more creative, please? Because guess what? When you did that to Brady, shut him down until the last drive. You played soft again, and they went right down the field. But when you're creative, you're aggressive. You're using these athletes that you have. It looks more like what we expect because you're right i believe in like pass coverage dvoa or some crazy pass stat in all of them they're like top five their pass defense is fantastic i mean you wouldn't know it because of how soft they play but their pass defense is really really good well they can't stop the run dustin's not here yet i was gonna wait for him but i don't know when he's gonna pop on maybe we'll do this at the end with him but this kind of leads into where i wanted to go they spent their first – they had two first-rounders this year, right? They got one for Adams. So they got the 22nd pick, Quay Walker. No complaints. Look, he's a rookie. He's still figuring it out. But I, I get it. He flies around. He's a good tackler. I get it. Devontae Wyatt went 28th overall. So that was the pick they had. I He can't see the field. For a team that cannot stop the run, it is a huge indictment of that draft pick if – 
the guy you picked to help stop the run can't even sniff the field. I saw him on the play on the field for one play last, this past game. I was like, oh yeah, Devontae White's on this team. Like, he just he's non-existent. So you pick two players to stack your box with to help stop the run. And Quay's been pretty good. He's more of a side-to-side guy, I've noticed. Downhill, or maybe I have that backwards. Downhill, he's really good. Side-to-side. No, I'm sorry, I have that backwards. Side-to-side, he's really good. Downhill leaves some room to be desired. But, again, he's young. But Devontae Wyatt, man, that is a draft bust. Which leads us to this week's edition of Top 5 Lists. And I have one for you at home. Alec, I want to start with you. Unless you want me to go first for time to research. But top five <laughs> Packers draft bust. I don't have him on this list, but Devontae Wyatt, definitely OLI. I don't know if he'll get better. I'm hoping he does. He's a bit of an older for a rookie. But he's definitely in the conversation for sure because they need him to stop the run and he can't even sniff on the sniff the field. So he's on my OLI. But uh, – your top five Packer draft busts. Do you have them already and available? Sure. Yeah. All right. I w- I'll go number five. I'm going to go with uh, that boy, Quentin Rollins. Yep. I think that out of college, he looked like a really good player. I, I really liked him. Uh, I thought that he was going to make a huge difference, and it just seemed like you know he never quite got it. He never really bought in. Maybe he just didn't have the skill set to, to play at the next level. I'm not really sure what it was, but unfortunately wasn't able to make it work. Um, number four on the list, I'm going to go with Alex Green. That's a name right there. Yeah, it's it's too bad. I, I really thought that we saw some great flashes out of this kid. Uh, you know, back in the back in the heyday, you know, kids nowadays they're 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 spoiled with their AJ Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones combo. You know, we would have killed for half of one of those guys back yeah. in my day, man. I remember a game where John Kuhn was our starting halfback because because oh, yeah. our, our original starter James Starks was uh was out and we didn't have anyone else to fill the shoes. But yeah, Alex, he uh he he looked pretty good. He looked promising in the preseason and then eventually fizzled out as a lot of Packers running backs did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um number 3, I'm going to go with Ty Montgomery. Man, Ty 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 Ty. How the ties turned on Ty Montgomery. He came into the league trying to play wide receiver. He was fast enough. He wasn't quite big enough. We tried to move him over to running back. He had some success. And by that, I mean, again, this was back in my day of no running backs. He was probably averaging like 2.8 yards a carry. And we're like, yeah, like that's sufficient, you know? So, um, yeah. We were just, it was like we were in the desert just looking for a drop of water. It's like, oh, finally, somebody. But it was like, eh, is it really? Also, can I just say, Ty Montgomery, I just, I guess he really hasn't stuck anywhere else. I don't know if they ever used him right. That was kind of, because, okay, so I'm looking it up quick. I believe, yes, they drafted him in 2015. So this is like the start of the downfall of McCarthy in Green Bay. I And look, I'm not saying he was going to be a world beater or anything. and not a pro bowler, all pro, nothing like that. I just think he was a useful piece that they didn't really ever know what to do with. They tried him on kick returns. Okay, nothing special. Running back, he was better than receiver. But I just, I feel like they never used him right. I don't necessarily blame him all for him being a bust. And I don't know that he yeah. is a bust. He's still in the league. Um, I mean, obviously, for us, he was a bust because he's no longer here. And that was only seven years ago. So, yeah. But I, I get it, though. Yeah. Well, I'll go – I'll keep this list moving, this list train moving. I'm I'm going to go number two. This one might surprise some people that I would put that as a – that I would put him as a bust. I'm going to go with Eddie Lacy. Listen, Eddie Lacy, for what he was, when he was, 
he was the saving grace. He was the first good running back. Hey, look, we have light. I was going to say, you know. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I apologize there for anybody who might have gotten spooked out by uh, you know my my non-existing face there. But uh, <laughs> Eddie Lacy, I, I loved watching him play. He had a <laughs> tremendous rookie year. He <laughs> he had a really good second year as well, and then he got. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, he did. Uh, the guy, the guy just really liked Chinese food, cheese, and beer. And Green Bay, Wisconsin, has an abundance of Chinese restaurants, an abundance of cheese curds, and God, do they have beer. So, unfortunately, Eddie makes the list. I wish he could have. I wish he could have uh, kept that career going a little longer, but unfortunately, just wasn't the case. Oh, hold on a minute. We have breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story. Breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen right now. Joining the stream 36 minutes after we started due to football practice and maybe breaking his leg. Joining us, as always, our... Lovable oaf of an offensive lineman, Justin Burgundy. Welcome to the stream. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Sorry for the delay. I apologize. Uh, yeah, unforeseen circumstances happened at practice today. We have literally 10 minutes left to practice. Okay, 10 minutes. We're almost done. I'm like, you know, kind of cruising, getting done with practice. We do one-on-ones with pass setting, and all of a sudden the guy beats me, whatever. I'm kind of jogging behind him. My cleat catches his foot just right as I'm stepping down, and ankle rolls over hear a crunch i'm like oh i'm like yeah that's not good so uh she's pretty swollen would you guys like to see i mean for the audio audience they're not gonna see but uh we'll do we'll do play by play at home show show the lovely people i don't i don't think i can flip flip my camera here but uh can can y'all see that at all well the people that are in the feed on the internet are really gonna get a kick out of this yeah i don't know if y'all can see that (laughs) yeah she's this uh, remind yeah she's a little swollen yeah, she, reminds, she hurts a little bit. That reminds me of the Aaron Rodgers COVID toe thing. Oh yeah, you got problematic. <laughs> no, I don't, have, I don't have the COVID toe. Just, uh, <laughs> just, just some pain and gonna be some ibuprofen and painkillers throughout the next couple days. Oof, yeah. man. So just to catch you up, we talk. Well, we'll let Alec finish his list. We're currently in a top five list battle. Oh, okay, uh, perfect time. Five, Top five draft busts, and the er, the origin of this was because I'm questioning the merits of the Devontae Wyatt pick now because they need him to stop the run, and he can't even get on the field. Giant red flag. So is he a draft bust? Uh, maybe. It's still early. It's four games. You never know. He's trending that way, which obviously sucks. But I, anyway, you get the idea. So Alec was currently telling us his number two, which is Eddie Lacy, who we all know – yeah, so that's where we left that. Uh, I believe you were getting to your number one here. Yeah, let me give Dusty the quick recap. I'm going to go yeah. five, Quentin Rollins. Four was Alex Jones, or not Alex Jones. Alex Green. Alex Jones. That's Alex Green. I was like, let's, uh, let's, let's skip right on over him. Yeah, no, five Quinn Rollins, four Alex Green, three was – shoot, who did I have at three, Alex? Uh, shoot, it was uh, my, 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 oh. Ty Montgomery. Yeah, Ty Montgomery. Two was Eddie Lacy. And now finally for number one, you all know who I'm going to say. It was Josh, Josh Jackson. Man, that guy just absolutely stunk from his piss poor attitude become to becoming a meme on this show. Josh Jackson is the number one Packers bust of all time. I don't even want to look at him. Let's not let's not even go into it. I can't handle it. Okay, my ticker might start not ticking anymore if we talk too much about JJ. So I'm gonna give my list now, so Dustin can think of his top five. Outside looking in, 2017, their first 
Actually, their 2017 draft is pretty terrible outside of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Uh, but I will say honorable mention to Kevin King and Josh Jones. Those two, we all when they draft him, I okay, let's go. And Josh Jones, I was super high on. That never panned out. I did see his name. He's still in the league. He's still playing for somebody. I don't. I think it's either the Patriots or the Giants. I hold on. I'm looking. He is currently playing for. I'm sorry, not even close. He's playing for Seattle. Um, I didn't even know he was still in the league, but that was a surprise. Um, Kevin King currently a free agent as well. Uh, then they drafted Vince Beagle out of Wisconsin. I mean, their entire 2017 sucked. Um, but my number five here, we are going to start with Dayton Jones. Yeah. That, this list is going to be heavy. Dayton Jones, I remember John Gruden drooling over this kid in the draft. We were all like, oh, I don't know who he is, but UCLA, cool. Let's go. Just never panned out. He, I don't even know if he recorded a professional sack. He was awful. And it just never panned out. And they really needed a defensive end. Wasn't Dayton Jones, let me tell you that. Uh, number four, this one hurts because I was really excited when they drafted him. But uh, number four is 2014 first-round pick. Ha-ha, Clinton did. And ha-ha, because that pick ended up being a joke. His attitude and work ethic really took a nosedive after year one. Ended up and we traded him to Washington for a bag of peanuts. And he's out of the league now. He can't find a job. It just never worked out. And unfortunately, that draft could have had the potential to be a really good draft if he would have panned out because it was the same draft as Devontae Adams, Corey Lindsley. I mean, that's two all-pros right there. Jared Aberderis was one of my favorites. I thought he was fine when he played. He just was never healthy. So anyway, that ha-ha Clinton Dix comes in at four. Oh, this one, near and dear to my heart. This was about the first draft I remember really paying attention to and caring about as a kid. 16th overall pick in 2007, defensive tackle out of Tennessee, Justin Harrell. That draft class wasn't terrible. It came with Brandon Jackson, James Jones, Corey Hall, Desmond Bishop, Mason Crosby. There were some dudes there. So that's a decent draft class. But they started with Justin Harrell. I remember as a kid knowing that that sucked. And I didn't know anything about football at that point. Just, yeah, enough said. Did uh, Justin Harrell, number three. Number two, offensive tackle extraordinaire, Derek Sherrod. <laughs> Again, needed an offensive tackle. We needed someone at the left side. And did he even start? If he did, it was in a pinch. He was terrible. He, again, he couldn't. He barely sniffed the field preseason. Derek Sherrod is clearly number two. But no one will top my number one. My number one, the entire 2015 draft class. I am going to read these names off one by one. And we are going to sit in the filth that is the 2015 draft class. It starts... First pick of first pick. So 30th pick, first round, Demarius Randall. Okay, that's where we start. Second pick, the aforementioned Quentin Rollins, as Alec pointed out. I look, fine, whatever. He was a basketball player, was an athlete, was an athlete, took a shot, didn't work out. Whatever it happens. Number three, Ty Montgomery. He was serviceable for a while, and then things went sour, whatever. Jake Ryan out of Michigan in the fourth round. Okay. Then Brett Hunley in the fifth. We all know that didn't turn out. Aaron Ripkowski, who had a moment. He was, start, I think he was a starting running back in the playoff game against Atlanta in 2016. <laughs> Man, I miss those, I miss those fullbacks oh. starting at running back games. I do not. I am so happy. <laughs> with uh, and then we rounded out with Christian Ringo and Kennard Backman. That's the 2015 draft class. And may I just say, Woof! That's awful. Actually, that was the wrong sounder. That was just woof. Just dogs. They were terrible. The entire 2015 draft class is my number one. Dustin, your top five draft bus. Quick, quick, quick things. Is this all like all time? Is this all time we're talking about? All time. I ba- I'm not gonna lie to you. I scrolled. You, you about missed. About you guys five. missed a huge one. Like Packers only. No- yeah, it's Packers. It's Packers. This is easily number one, and like it should have been across the board. 
when okay. I get to it, you guys will be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. When I get I'm to quick, it. I'm quick rolling through here. You I, missed it. It's a big one. Would it be 2000's first-round pick? They took Bubba no. Franks 14th overall. No. Hey, don't oh, hey, we're I'm not going to slander Bubba Franks. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Alex? Uh, we're a pro-Bubba Franks podcast. <laughs> I'm not anti-Bubba Franks, but you took him 14th overall. Yeah, okay. I, I heard you call. I heard you talking about Bubba before the podcast. You're out for blood. I I have no problem with Bubba Franks. He seems like a nice guy. Just 14th overall. I never knew that until I just looked. That's absurd. Anyway, your top five list, Dustin. All right, number five. This is a little controversial, but I'd say Nick Perry. And Nick- it was OLI. Yeah, he had a couple years. You know, I will give him that, but like. I mean, honestly, he was pretty underwhelming his whole career for a first-round pick, number 28. Like, you'd expect, you know, those years to kind of continue, at least consistently. Like, he was just – it was big waves with him. You know, there you just didn't know what you were going to get every game. You are going to get a monster game or absolutely nothing. So, I'd give him – that's why i give him number five, to be fair. Number four, uh, I'll give the Ha-Ha Clinton Dicks. I think you guys kind of hit it again. He just he just wasn't good. Like, he just wasn't. Remember when we were talking, like, he was the best safety in the league? Then we started seeing some film, and we're like, this guy is terrible. Like, this guy is awful. Yeah. Damn it, Chris. Oh, do I play spoiler? <laughs> oh, that's right. We did miss that one. Damn I it, honestly... Chris. Man, Spoiler oh, yeah. alert. Damn well, it. we'll right. keep going with your list. We'll pretend right. we didn't see that. So, number three. I will put – oh, shoot, who's my number three again? I'm sorry. I'm kind of blanking here again. Oh, I'll put Kevin King. I'll put Kevin King. Yeah. I mean, do we? Do I Do I need a elaborate or can I just say he stinks? Uh, he had one good season. I'll give him that. He had like yeah. seven picks one year. That was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm yeah. with you. Besides that, yeah, he stunk. And then uh, number two would be Derek Sherrod. Again, just like very inconsistent, just kind of wasn't good. I don't think he ever started or saw the field hardly at all, correct? On Mississippi State, I believe. Yeah, he was not good. He's not good. Not good. I remember. I remember them drafting him. I was excited because I'm like, oh, Derek Stride. Like he was so good in college and everything. And then he got to the NFL. Just did nothing. Kevin King's <laughs> for the audio audience, uh, Alex. We can have names here. So for the audio audience, Alex changed his name to Kevin King's dad. <laughs> God, you're a goof. And then obviously number one, number one was spoiled. It's Tony Mandridge. Uh, I couldn't believe you guys had said I thought for sure you'd have said it, Alec. I thought for sure. I was kind of waiting for it. And then I thought, Alex, you'd at least get it, but then neither of you got it. I'm like, how do we miss this one? Well, easily. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Easily the biggest bust, even worse than Jamarcus Russell. Like, the worst bust of all time. He came out of college, expected to be, like, the best offense lineman of all time. Like, unanimous, like, all pro, all this stuff. And he was just juicing. He was just juicing like crazy. And it ended up he was terrible. Like, he stopped juicing. His testosterone was all messed up. He started just getting fat and out of shape. It was just like – it was such a laughable pick. And I think the worst part was, yeah, like Chris said, we passed him on, like, Barry Sanders. Uh, there were some other, like, Hall of I Fame players. I think Troy like, Aikman right? was in that class, right? Yeah, Troy. Yep, Troy Aikman was in that class. There was a couple other Hall of Famers in that class, and we passed up, and we picked Tony Mandich. That is awful. Good <laughs> luck. I didn't, first of all, I didn't scroll back that far in the football reference page, so I'll admit to that. But I'm sorry, nothing is going to take the 2015 draft class, the entire class, out of my number one spot. That is atrocious. There is not one. I'm going to go back and look here. There is not one player. I guess Ty Montgomery's hurt. But Christian Ringo, out of the league. Kennard Backman, out of the league. Ripkowski, out of the league. Brett Hundley, I think, just got a job due to injuries, but essentially out of the league. Jake Ryan, out of the league. Ty Montgomery, hurt for the Patriots, but whatever. Quentin Rollins, out of the league. Demarius Randall, out of the league. That's awful. Yeah. You can't worsen that. And I will say this. While Mandarich was a massive bust, I think that it changed the way that the Packers draft. We have not, uh, not that I can remember, taken an offensive lineman in an, in the early rounds. Like I'm talking one or two. We typically find our our offensive lineman third round or later, and we find studs for our value in those later rounds. I mean, we perennially have one of the best offensive lines in the league. You know, it's every year. 
So uh, I'm while it while it is a terrible a terrible misjustice to Barry Sanders to have Tony Mandarich selected before him, I do think that it was probably something that needed to happen in order for us to be where we are today. Yeah, I mean my my biggest problem with like that pick is also I agree with you, Alec, with the whole pick. I mean I think the only lineman we got in like the first or second round that like I thought was good was Brian Balaga. Which like he had a good like five years I'd say uh, and he kind of yeah he kind of fell off a little bit but then uh, obviously there was Derek Gerard kind of a mess after that but like when Mandrick came out of college like how did you not know this guy was on the juice like just jacked at like three hundred twenty pounds like it just it's not it's not realistic for anyone to look that way at that size it's just not realistic so like how do they not say like yeah this is a little bit of a red flag. I am, I'm kicking myself because I wish I had the sound cut up of Jason Kelsey, oh. the Eagles Super Bowl parade. I don't know if anyone's a- seen this. If you guys can stall, I'll try and look it up. But uh, Jason Kelsey at the Eagles Super Bowl parade, what was that, four years ago now? It was trying to give this rousing speech about everyone was doubted. And I believe it was Lane Johnson. Is that right? Yeah, Lane Johnson apparently got nailed for steroids or PEDs or something. And in his speech, he said, this guy's too small. This guy's whatever. And then he goes, Lane Johnson can't stay off the juice. And if there was ever a time to play that sound as a sound effect, it would be right now. And I'm so (laughs) mad because all I have and that's not really fitting. I'm so upset right now. Man, well... I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like Dusty's probably kicking himself for you know saying back in the day that he didn't want Antonio Brown on the team. I feel like right now Antonio Brown would really help our receiving. Problematic. <laughs> Problematic. <laughs> Problematic. You know, Problematic. This, is, this, is, this is bad to say, but I'd rather have Odell Beckham than Antonio Brown. Like, and that's like, oh, yeah. oh my god. Hold on. Well, I, we actually talked about this in news and notes, so you weren't here for this. Obviously, the rumors are starting to swirl again, and I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Where do you stand? Yes to Odell Beckham or no to Odell Beckham? That's – I don't know. Honestly, that's tough. I hmm. Coming off an ACL injury, another knee surgery, like his fourth in five or six years or whatever the crazy number is. But in our offensive scheme that he would thrive in now with those short passes. Yeah. It, it all depends on the circumstance and like what we kind of get him for. That's, that's my biggest thing I'd say is like, what, what is this contract going to be that we're going to get him for? If we're, if he's going to want like, yeah, if he's going to want like five, six million, just tell him to take a hike. But like, if you're going to want like a million just to play in a team, sure. Why not? Let's say 3.8 million. You sign him for 3.8 million. I, oh, what, what do you mean? No, I'd, I'd go 3.8 mil for because sure. Here's, for one year? Yeah. yeah you're paying him, you're you're paying him a, a lot of money. That's punter money. But you're giving him $3 million for what? Six games? Well, Seven if we signed him right now, if we signed him right now, it would be like 14 games. Plus yeah, if they signed him tomorrow, it would make more sense. But I'm guessing yeah. he's probably not going to sign until like, Thanksgiving time? Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, if they signed him today, then okay, yeah, because you're still three quarters of your seasons ahead. So that I understand. But no, I like his actual timeline, whatever that may be. No, I'm not giving him that. I'm giving him here's the minimum. We don't even know if you're gonna be able to play. Here's our the minimum contract that most likely everyone's gonna get you or give offer to you. Take it or leave it. We got young receivers that we're working with, so it just but I we had this conversation before. Dustin joined. I guess to circle back. I don't know. I feel like we need to have a segment, not the takeoff, but like a, we could call it corner court. And if we don't disagree, and there's two of us that disagree, one of us can be the moderator, and then we can have a kangaroo court session. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I believe Odell Beckham should be a Green Bay Packer. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I believe Odell Beckham should not be a Packer. That's a great segment idea. I just don't know how to do it <laughs> but anyway uh dustin actually since we're catching up here at the very end do you have anything you want to say on the packer new england bailey zappy experience 
Uh, defense did not play up to par. That is for sure. I thought the D line got pushed around pretty bad by that New England whole line. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think the New England offense line is pretty solid. They're not spectacular, but they're they're okay. Like, they're they're pretty average. Which, I mean, our defense is supposed to be top ten in the league. Like, we shouldn't be just neck and neck with a, a mid mid tier offensive line. Like, we should be dominating. And that kind of worried me, especially like it seemed like the old the old days where we could get a pass rush, but they did whatever they wanted in the run game. Which the problem is, if you do whatever you want in the run game, it sets up play action. You saw exactly that in the game. They ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. Play action. Nobody was home because they just thought it was run. So that's that's my biggest concern is just getting some getting a run block stop or run and stop. Yeah. Would would you would you say that that's more on the players or more on the scheme? Because as Alex and I were talking about, it, it seemed like as if Joe Barry as soon as. Zappy came, I, I'd say the second half. In the second half, instead of continuing to play aggressive, we just kind of started to sit back in more zone coverage, as Joe Barry's kind of shown, you know, only sending four and then sitting back in soft zones. So do, do you put it all on the defensive players, or do you put any more of that blame on the coaching there? Uh, I wouldn't even say it's like coverage-wise. I'd say it's more alignment. Because you got to understand it. Because if, if they're bringing the two tight end sets, that's that's more alignment. So like if if you know they're bringing the two tight end sets, you're like okay, like they're loading the box, like we need to match it. So you got to bring in that extra linebacker to fill in to help fill these go- these holes. Because really, it's just they're trying to stretch you out is what they're trying to do. Which you just got to load the box and hope your linebackers can make a play. That's really the biggest thing I saw was like there were maybe two linebackers in when they had you know, a seven front, like that's just not good numbers when we're going on six on seven. Like that's just not, again, like football is just a complete number game. And that's what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of those plays we're only sending four linemen and they're, they have, you know, the dual tight end set. They're bringing in their, their receivers into a tighter bunch as well. You, you would think that then we would switch up our defense a little bit, maybe bring in a fifth lineman, maybe drop down another safety, stack the box a little bit, just to even out those numbers a little bit. But, um, you know, I definitely think that, that we are more of a, a pass rush, uh, definitely more of a pass rush team than a run stop team for sure. Yeah, yeah. and like, oops, sorry, oh, you can go, Alex. I was just going to say, and I said it earlier, so I guess I don't really have to repeat myself, but the numbers bear that out. In the past defense categories, they're all pretty darn good. They're all top five in most past defense categories. But anyway, Dustin, as you were saying. Yeah, and, and tracking back a little bit, I think it's, it's it's a little bit to blame on both. Like, I blame Joe Barry more because really, like, you should know, like, New England's a running football team. Like, they want to run the ball. You should know that coming into the game, and you should have a good strategy and game plan leading up to that. But as well, like, it's down to the players to execute that game plan and whether – they had they had that game plan. They just didn't execute it, or they just didn't have the game plan at all. I that's you know that's the unknowns of football. But I thought you know kind of the D line got pushed around pretty good. I mean Cole Strange just manhandled Kenny Clark at some moments. I mean there were some moments where he just took Kenny Clark right out of the play and he kind of ran right behind him. So that's a little bit concerning seeing our best D tackles getting pushed out of the way for a running lane. That was a little yeah. concerning to see. And what was funny, and I told Alex's or Alex Alec this earlier. They were playing soft, okay, against a team whose top wide receiver is Nelson Aguilar, okay? Their best receiving option, you could argue, is Hunter Henry, okay? And their quarterback that played in the game was a third-string quarterback last week. Last week! He comes into the game, and they're playing soft against Bailey goddamn Zappy. It was driving me crazy. They were playing so soft and so far back. And we said this earlier, and now I'm fired up again. But uh, they can only run the ball. That is their only option. They, and they were playing like Zappy was going to throw bombs from heaven. It was the most annoying game I've ever watched. Because I don't understand. It's Bailey Zappy, who didn't get any reps this week because they were preparing for Brian Hoyer who, again, is not going to throw it up over the top and beat you. How dare you slander Brian Hoyer like that? How dare you? Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Brian Hoyer. 
Now I'll, I'll allow the Brian Hoyer slander. Sorry, Dusty. That's that's okay. We're fine. With it that. was it was it was a complete sarcasm. You could slander Brian Hoyer as much as you like. He's awful. How he's still in the league and has a backup spot is just beyond me. Like I don't Fun understand. Fact, that. He's like one in twelve in his last thirteen starts. Hasn't yeah, won since two thousand seventeen. Yeah, he's bad. Crazy, but we're, are we going to talk about the offense though, and kind of like the problems we've had in there too? Uh, well, Alec and I hit on it, but yeah, as oh, we're wrapping okay. up here, give us just dump all of your notes, just feed us, feed us, Mama Bird. The biggest problem I had is again we we abandon the run game so fast. Like, why do we do that? Like, when when we force them to punt away, we get the ball at like twenty five, thirty. Great, that's fine field position. That's normal. And all we do is three, three straight passes to, like, nobody and just punt the ball back. It's like, what are we doing? It's like well, established. First half, for sure. Yeah, he was terrible. He was terrible in the first half. Like, again, this is the problem of, like, he clearly still doesn't trust his players, which, granted, I told you, fairies. I mean, the guys have been dropping balls. Like, Dobbs with a touchdown pass that was right on the money. Like, that, that ball's got to be caught. I mean, there's no excuse for that. But at the same time, like, just throw it. Like, it seems like he's, he's stalling, trying to wait for time, and he's getting sacked, which hurts everybody in the meantime. And granted, don't get me wrong. I think we, we talked about this over text, but Jake has got to move back to guard. I'm sure you guys touched on that too, right? We didn't. We did we not talk did about not. that and, at all. Uh, I actually have a little nugget on that. Uh, actually, right before we started recording, I'll see if I can find the exact tweet. But essentially, offensive court. Oh, right here. Today, Packers. Oh, nope, that's the wrong one. Uh, but anyway, long story short, they like Jenkins at right tackle, and for the time being, he's going to stay, which is contradictory to what LaFleur said yesterday, which was that they're looking into the idea of moving Jenkins back to left guard and putting Nyman at right tackle. But they keep preaching, we want our best five offensive linemen out there. Well, Nyman is your third best at this point. Yeah. He's got to be in there if that if this is the so-called plan, best five no matter what. Jenkins, run blocking. Very, very good. Pass blocking. Oh, dear God. It doesn't look like the same guy. He was good at left tackle. I mean, and Dustin, you can analyze this better than I can or maybe even Alec can because you do this every day. The footwork is backwards, and I know he's coming off an ACL injury, so maybe he's just not quite there with his quickness yet. But, whew, Nyman's got to be out there. He's your third best lineman, and right now he's sitting on your bench. And you can have a really – I mean, you'd have the best left side of the line in football. Between yeah. Bakhtiari, who looks awesome, finally, it only took two years, Jenkins and Myers, that's your left side? Oh, my gosh, that's really darn good. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it, it's just, in my opinion, I, I feel that Jenkins is just not built to be a guard, or not built to be a tackle. He's not as long. He's not as fast. He has quickness. He has strength. Um, that's... I think that his ACL recovery is probably taking a little bit of that quickness away, and that's and that's what's really hurting about a tackle. You got to understand they're very two different positions, right? Being on the inside, you have three yards to your right and three yards to your left at maximum that you have to be able to block, right? So you have a total of six yards. When you're playing tackle, you have three yards maximum to your left. And then to the right, nobody's there. You know what I mean? So you could have a very quick defensive end that's coming around the right side, lining up six yards outside of your shoulder, and then coming out guns blazing, and you've got to somehow get back there. It's just not what Jenkins is made for. It's just not. He's a bigger guy. He's a stronger guy. He's meant to be in the middle. That's where he's supposed to be. Dustin, what say you? Yeah, and, like, don't get me wrong, like, playing tackle is probably – you have to be one of the most athletic people in the field. I mean, like, you got to think about what's coming at you because, really, at DNs have it all. Like, they have the speed, they have the strength, they have the athleticism, do whatever they want. So you got to be ready for everything because, like, when they're coming at you, they're coming at you full speed, you don't know what they're going to do because, really, they put you on an island is really what you're doing. So it's it's you against him, and they're coming at you full speed, and you're kind of backpedaling. So, really, like, you don't know what they're going to do. So, like, I get it. It's hard. And obviously, like, I play the same position, so I know how difficult it is to, like, really perfect that. But, like, coming off an ACL injury and really this not being his position, like his starting spot, it's difficult because you're asking him to learn a completely new position, completely different techniques, completely different everything, and you're expecting him to take on some of the best athletes in the world. 
coming really, off an ACL injury. Yeah, coming off an ACL up. injury. So like, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. Where they're like, yeah, this is the best spot for him. Put your best players in the best spot for them. Like he, he's a guard. Put him at guard. Just stick him yep. there and leave it. And then put Nyman there. Nyman's a tackle. Put Nyman at tackle. Like it's to me. Like I don't know why they're trying to resist this. Just do it. Like again, like you guys said, if they're really trying to play their best eleven, they would switch that up. Like it's really simple. Because honestly, apparently he just he got his ass kicked on Sunday. He got his yeah. ass kicked. Judon kicked his butt. I just for me, coming off an injury, just get him comfortable. It's been four games. He looked. I mean, let's be honest. We're very spoiled. We have three really good offensive linemen. Like the fact that we're even having this conversation, a lot of teams would kill for at least one of these guys we got three of them that's pretty awesome uh but just get him comfortable just let him get back into the flow let his kneel totally heal up which i'm assuming it is that's why he's playing just i i get it i get the thought process and maybe next year if that is the plan okay give him all summer with a healthy knee work work through all that stuff obviously he's got reps and he kind of knows what he's doing just for this team, if you're really going to try and go all out and make it to the Super Bowl, honestly, at this point, I'm done with Royce Newman. He was fine, but I just want to see Zach Tom out there because I think he's better than Royce Newman. I think the team ceiling is better with Zach Tom. <coughs> I'm all choked up about it. Sorry, I'm very emotional about this. Yeah, you don't got to cry about it. <laughs> oh, God, sorry. Um, Problematic. Uh, I just think that, honestly, bottom line is we're spoiled. We got a lot of good offensive linemen, and we're just trying to figure out how to get them all fit together. Pretty darn cool, man. I tell you what, man, that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, and like, I mean, Green Bay does a great job their coaching because honestly, like most every time I watch, like I want to watch new techniques for offensive linemen. Honestly, it comes from Green Bay coaches. Like, there's a lot they teach because everyone in the NFL actually takes their offensive line techniques from Green Bay. That's actually the truth. Like, Green Bay knows how to develop offensive linemen. They know kind of like how the techniques are supposed to look and like different, like, you know, unique techniques that you wouldn't use that work really well. And like, it all comes from green Bay. Honestly, it really does. They just, they have a good system. They have a good chemistry with their alignment. It just works. We built this city. The offensive line city. That is. It is. So, all right. We're over an hour. So we will wrap up here. Any final thoughts or comments before we wrap here tonight? Gentleman. Um, yeah, I just want to, I want to give a quick shout out to, uh, to the old Antonio Brown, you know, I'd, I'd love to have that man back, but, uh, it it seems as though that man is gone. (laughs) my goodness, guys, if you haven't seen the video (laughs) online, you don't have to feel like you need to go watch it. Problematic. Just just know, just know that Antonio Brown is. 100% 100% done now. I mean, it, that that whole cardi that whole carnival is over. Oh, it's it's rough, man. I, yeah, I saw 20 seconds of it. I turned it off. It's it's a hard watch. Uh, yes. Let's end on a. They're coming in through the back door. Well, that's scary. I was just trying to play a fun sound to. Should, should we do game ball? Should we do game ball of the week? Quick, talk about. Uh, we should. That's a good point. Yeah. Let's do game ball. I know we kicked this idea around. Uh, just very quickly, I will give – actually, no, I don't know who I'm giving it to you. Alec, game ball. Game ball of the week. Thanks for putting me on the spot because I know who I'm going to pick, and I'm coming up with it now. I'm going to go with Rashawn Gary. Yep. Good pick. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give two my sacks this week. Yeah, yeah, I think two. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, – I'm going to give my game ball to Randall Cobb. Really? Yeah, I thought, you know, again, when we need a big play on third down, he is always our man. So I'm going to give it to Randall Cobb. He's, you know what? He's got some wheels to burn. He's got a little juice left. I kind of liked what I saw. I mean, you know, he's not going to bust an 80-yarder, but there's a little juice there. You know who I'm going to give my game ball to? I am going to give my game ball to Mr. Pat O'Donnell. Let's face it. The fact that they were able to he was first of all against Tampa special teams player of the week, shout out to Pat O'Donnell. But this game really came down to especially at the very end. Punted deep, make Zappy go the length of the field. Zappy was not equipped and is not equipped to go the length of the field. At least at this point. I don't know if he's anything 
But I, field position was a huge part of this game. So my game ball goes to, yeah, I'm going to say it, the punter, because he deserves it. And with that, that is going to end today's show. Tomorrow, fun stuff happening. Lockdown Gambling Show is back. Sean is on vacation, so he will not be joining us. But Dustin, Jody, Chris, myself, we're all going to be on the Lockdown Corner Gambling Show. And may I just quickly brag. <laughs> I, so there was a push in the Buffalo-Baltimore game last week. But I would just like to say, I tallied it up, 4-0-1 last week for your boy. So I am red hot, also red hot. Chris Brault, lock of the week. He's now 0-4. So that's that's a sure thing. Just Problematic. Oh, I can play that sounder for sure. Yeah, he's 0-4 in his locks. Um, he also said he's giving his game ball to Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Just a water boy joke to end it. Uh, also, he says because we're children, go to bed. Uh, because he's 0-4 in his locks. He's telling us to... Eat a phallic thing. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Lockdown Gambling Show, you can catch that tomorrow, 6.30. We will take you up to kickoff. So that'll be fun. So make sure you hang out for that. We'll win you some money. And as far as we go, make sure you follow all of us, or all of us individually on socials, and follow the Lockdown Corner on all the socials. YouTube is where it's happening. Um, make sure Facebook, a lot of stuff there. Instagram, we're now on that. Lockdown Corner Pod. Alec has taken over the Twitter account, as we've said numerous times before, at Lockdown or at Corner Lockdown on Twitter. Make sure you take a look at that as well. And this week should be fun. We didn't really talk about much about the game, but that in London, Gavna. And honestly, we can't really talk about it because we don't know if they're even going to have a quarterback for this game. So it sounds like Daniel Jones will play. But anyway, fun game coming up in London. That was terrible. That sounded Australian. Uh, anyway, London game this week. Enjoy. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the game. Enjoy your early wake-up call and all the Bloody Marys. Let them flow. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next week.